Greetings, heroes, and thank you for answering the Summoner's Call. Presented by The Gamers Inn, this is a podcast for all fans of Fire Emblem Heroes and the Fire Emblem franchise. I'm your host, Randy Murphy, and joining me, as always, my co-host, Eddie. How's it going, Eddie? Not too bad. Uh, not a bad week this week, but next week's a bit crazy what with Easter and all, so we will actually be skipping over doing an episode next Monday. You missed an opportunity to say hop. Hop over. Ah, well, sorry. It's okay. I forgive but, you. I got, uh, you know, family friends in town, and Ryan, I believe, said he's going to be traveling, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, uh, it'll be, it'll be a busy weekend, but, uh, we will return shortly after to discuss the new heroes that will be arriving. However, we do have some new special heroes to go over tonight. Uh, starting with the banners, though, we have the weekly revival 46 and 17 running right now. Legendary Nana is running until the 13th for just a couple more days. Regal Rabbit Special Heroes Revival goes into the 13th as well. Spring Festival Special Heroes Revival goes into the 13th as well as well. New Power goes into the 14th, or sorry, the 15th. Tempest Trials goes into the 16th. And finally, our new banner that's running right now, Unlikely Friends, goes until the 6th of May. Eddie, how did you do with your summoning? Uh, well, of course, I dipped into that new uh, Unlikely Friends special banner and had a bit of rough start with not much luck initially. I did end up sparking for Ike and Miss and eventually got not only a four-star Ilana, or Ilyana, uh, but a random five-star one of her, uh, as well as two Sorens and a Mia amongst various pity breaks before I finally got finished. So did get all four of them, like usual. That's good. Yeah, that's good. I did not get all four of them, uh, but on the special banner, I did do some summoning. I got a, uh, quickly, I got an Azel, uh, which I was like, I don't remember this character, um, but I I got that character, so that's good. Uh, I got an Aria four-star upgrade, uh, another Marianne five-star, the Brave Marianne. Uh, and then I did get an uh, an Ileana five star, so she was um, she's the four star in the banner, but I got uh, I got her at the five star, and from there I ended up having to spark for another hero, and I ended up going with Ike plus Mist, the duo hero on the banner. So that was well, you did you did not have to spark for the hero. No, I didn't have to. I could have stopped if I wanted to, but you're right. I didn't. I did not have to. Uh, I, I want, I wanted here. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Usually the way I work is I'll, I'll try to get one hero on each banner. And if that means sparking, but my new process of summoning, thanks to the spark on any banner. And I'm, I'm usually, I'm usually, I'm not, I'm not seeing a banner end without me being subscribed to Faye pass. I, I, I strategically subscribe to game pass or game pass Faye pass. Um, but I'm not always subscribed, but for the most part, banners overlap with my subscription. So I've been just kind of summoning until I get the spark. Whatever I get along the way is what I get along the way. I spark and I move on. If that means I get all of them, if that means I get two, it is what it is. And in this case, I ended up getting uh, the four-star unit at five stars. And I, when I got to the spark, I'm like, 
do I want Soren? Do I want Mia? And I was like, no, I better go for the duo hero. So that's where I went. Yep. So uh, we do have a bunch of things coming uh, out before we return on the 25th because uh, we did get a new calendar. Uh, starting starts off with a double special heroes banner launching on the 12th tomorrow or possibly today by the time you're listening to this. Uh, bland, I mean, Grand Conquest, uh, I didn't even realize that mode still existed, uh, coming out on the 13th. We then get a few new banners, or a few banners come dropping out with a Special Hero Revival for a Childhood Encounter banner on the 14th, Low Skills banner on the 16th, and the next New Heroes banner and the associated Forging Bonds and Login bonus uh, on the 18th, with the Grand Hero Battle a day later for that. Uh, the start of it all, Special Hero Revival launches on the 20th before a new round of Summoner Duels S. Uh, as On the same day as a set of Red Hostiles quests, both of those on the 21st. Ponza Loki gets another round on the 23rd, and we round out the next couple weeks with a new round of Hall of Forms on the 25th. Good stuff. And uh, speaking of the 25th, actually, the next Resplendent Hero, Saber Driven Mercenary, will be arriving for Fey Pass subscribers on the 25th, where you will be able to add Saber to your Resplendent Hero collection. Saber is showing off his new Jotunheimer outfit, and uh, he joins other, I'm just going to do this off the top of my head, other Sacred Stones characters. Am I remembering that correctly, or am I failing miserably, Eddie? can check the link if you don't if you also don't know off the top of your head he's from valentia yeah okay Gaiden, yes sacred stones oh what, no my brain okay in my head i was thinking echoes shadows of valentia and i know this is like you know typical oh i i was thinking this but i said that um but my my mouth wasn't connecting with my brain and i guess i i said sacred stone no you know what Maybe I did think Sacred Stones. I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, that wasn't a lie. It's just my brain messing with me once again. But uh, yeah, <sighs> Echoes. No, but uh, one thing that is not from Echoes is the new Unlikely Friends banner, uh, where Tellius gets a turn at Child Units as Ike, Mia, and Friends show up for the new now yearly April themed banner, uh, April themed special heroes. Uh, starting with Mia, the Budding Blade, a young bubbly mercenary who has learned how to wield the sword in search of strength. Mia returns as a red sword infantry unit. She wields the Sharp sharp War Sword, which boosts her special trigger, and when she uh, compares speed stats with an uh, ally or enemy, it treats hers as being plus 10. At the start of her turn, if she is within two spaces of an ally... Or at the start of the turn, if it if she is within two spaces of an ally, it grants her no follow-up and dodge for one turn. And if she initiates the combat or is within two spaces of an ally, uh, she gets um, plus five to the four combat stats, attack, speed, defense, resistance. She has a new skill called Speed Defense Tempo, which inflicts speed defense minus three on foes and neutralize effect, neutralizes effects that grant special cooldown Charge plus X to foe, or inflict special cooldown charge minus X on unit during combat. She has no other new skills, but does come with Dragon Blade, Tier 4 Flashing Blade, and Odd Tempest. Good stuff. Um, this is the part of the show where we all say, man, I really wish uh, 
we could play the Tellius series. Um, anytime the Tellius series pops up, I keep thinking to myself, I, I, I have path. Um, no, I don't have path of radiance. I have the, uh, the other one. What's the first one that I'm blanking on now? No, it is path of, radiance. is path of radiance. Radiant Dawn is the second one. That's right. Okay. So I have the first one GameCube. I could easily hook the Wii up. I'm actually, it'd be tempting to actually boot it up just to see what it's like. Um, cause I have not played in so long, but knowing that I would be unable to play this follow-up Radiant Dawn would be a struggle for me. And, you know, I think there are other series, there are other games in the series that, uh, are likely to get the, the re-release treatment before that GameCube series. Um, but it's a possibility, but um, I think they do such a great job at adapting these characters and and uh, bringing in younger versions of them. Uh, it is always weird seeing children run around with swords, like like full size swords. Uh, um, I don't know. Is, is this a festival or are they like literally going to war? I. Uh, it's not clear. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, they they never explain these things well. You know, I mean, and even if the actual event that they're uh, paralog or whatever they call it in uh, Heroes is is considered a festival. I mean, they're still using them on the regular battlefield afterwards. So if they were summoned, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. But I mean, Mia looks cool. Uh, they they brought her over to this special heroes really well uh, with this banner. Uh, we also have Soren hushed voice. During his early childhood, Soren was taken into the custody of a sage who gave him a harsh, uncompromising education in magic. Even as a child, Soren's natural talents put adults to shame. Soren is a colorless tome infantry unit wielding adroit war tome, which accelerates special trigger cooldown count minus one. At start of combat, if unit's HP is greater than or equal to 25%, grants attack slash resistance plus six to unit, during combat and the following effects will occur based on the value of units resistance minus foes resistance. If greater than or equal to one unit makes a guaranteed follow-up attack. If greater than or equal to five, if, uh, Oh, did I do that wrong? No. What am I doing here? Boom. I mean, it, it takes the value of the units resistance minus the foes resistance. If that is greater than or equal to one, the unit makes a guaranteed follow-up attack. If it's greater than or equal to five, and the foe uses physical damage, sword, lance, axe, bow, dagger, beast, the foe cannot counterattack. And if that uh, difference, the res minus, you know, ally or Soren's res minus foe's res is greater than or equal to 10, it reduces the percentage of foe's non-speed reduced damage by X percentage skills by 50%. Uh, so, you know, if the skill would reduce it by, you know, reduce it by 30%, it would instead only reduce it by 15%. What Eddie said, that's spot on. Uh, but aside from that, no new skills, but rounding out his kit, his iceberg is a special mirror impact in the A slot and times pulse three in the C slot. Um, as someone who obviously doesn't pay much attention to the skills in the game and 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 probably never will, I I I just I find I find it tough to get past the uh, just the initial like oh these heroes are cool. I just I don't really have a lot of time to 
dive in and, and I've never been a stats guy and, uh, and whatnot, but is his weapon and that ability kind of make up for the fact that he has no other new skills or possibly, I mean, it's, it's quite a hefty weapon. Uh, and the game does like to have those non four star units that are more or less a four star unit, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, with Mia's kit in her new skill, she's, Clearly the uh, non-duo star of the banner. Well, I mean, I don't know a whole lot about Soren, but uh, if that that weapon, if if the weapon description matches the description that he is he is uh, supposedly a, a child prodigy and better at magic than than most adults, like there's nothing wrong with that. So there you go, Soren. Yes. By the way, adroit means clever or skillful in using hands or mind. Oh, well, that's fitting. So, that works out. Yep. That works out quite well. Quite a fitting name for his war tome. But uh, we also do have another uh, couple more units to go over. We got Ilyana, Awakened Appetite. Ilyana returns again with another four-star unit as a green tome infantry unit, wielding the Windy War Tome. It grants her resistance plus three, and if foe initiates combat or foe's HP is greater than 75%, uh, or 75% or greater, at the start of combat, it inflicts attack res minus 6 on a foe during combat. Also, if her res is greater than her foe's res, uh, it reduces damage from attacks during combat from area of effect specials by a percentage equal to the difference between the stats times 4, max of 40%. Also, if uh, her blah, blah, blah. if her res is greater than her foe's res minus 5, the foe cannot make a follow-up attack. And of course, the AOE special D, uh, debuff is does not work on Rooker uh, specials. She does have no new skills as a four-star unit, but does come with Glacies, Lola Attack Res, and Attack Res Gat. Very good. Um, also worth noting, they bring in her appetite once again into the forging, yes. not forging the Tempest Trials, I should say. Um, or no. What am I thinking? Gosh, my brain! I swear, I remember seeing oh, it. Is it forging in a... bonds? Would it? No, tempest trial. Tempest yeah, trial, yeah. not forging bonds. Sorry, I'm bringing you down with me. <laughs> you got me confused. I uh, got myself confused. Oh my. Okay, yeah. well, but the point is, like, uh, she. I I love how um, in the tempest trials they bring it into. Uh, I guess Anna gives her a hard time, <laughs> or something yep. like that. But yeah, it's always great. It's. Uh, Typical Fire Emblem writing, each character has one trait, and that's it. And that's their only trait ever. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know what? It's it's tough. Uh, I, but, the, you know, and there are a lot of heroes alongside her that, that have that sort of appetite uh, that, uh, how do I want to put it? It's just an appetite that cannot be. Uh, what was it? Filled. The Heavy Plate Brigade, I believe. <laughs> right. I love that they lean into it in 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 some of the uh, the forging bonds and stuff. Like much better than Team Chop or whatever. Like the Axe Group. Yes. Yeah. Hack and Chop, I believe they were. Yeah, the dueling Axe Group. Yeah. Oh my. Okay. Well, um, not speaking of axes, no axe to be found here. But Ike and Mist, close knit siblings. Ike of the Grail Mercenaries and his sister Mist are making an appearance where throughout their childhood, Ike and Mist were close siblings who always looked out for each other. 
Ike is a duo hero red sword infantry unit wielding sturdy war sword, which grants attack plus three. And at start of combat, if unit's HP is greater than or equal to 25%, grants attack slash speed slash defense slash resistance plus five to unit during combat. And if unit's attack triggers special, the following effects will occur based on the number of allies within four spaces of unit. If greater than or equal to one before unit's first attack, grants special cooldown count minus X to unit. X is equal to 50% of unit's max special cooldown count value, rounded down if greater than or equal to two reduces damage from foe's first attack by x percent x is equal to units max special cooldown count value times 10 and if greater than or equal to three neutralizes effects that guarantee foe's follow-up attacks and effects that prevent units follow-up attacks they have a new skill in the a slot called distant dart where unit can counterattack regardless of foe's range if foe initiates combat, grants a speed plus 5 to unit during combat. Rounding out their kit is Radiant Ether as a special, Null C Disrupt 3 in the B slot, and Joint Drive Attack in the C slot. Their duo skill inflicts attack slash speed minus 7 and guard on foes within 5 rows or 5 columns centered on unit through their next actions, and inflicts special cooldown count plus 2 on those foes, which can only be used once per map. I'm glad I only got two heroes, Eddie, because I feel like my brain would fail if I had another one. But uh, this is uh, this is our duo hero for the banner. Um, weren't you guessing that it was missed in the teaser? Was that what we? Um, I I saw people guessing missed in the teaser, and I said that um, because they do tend, in which I believe they did actually do. Uh, to keep the appropriate uh, weapons on the characters, neither of the weapons looked like ma- uh, mate or staffs. And uh, since the actual two characters in the um, uh, image were, I believe, Mia and uh, Soren's silhouettes, I was right that it wasn't their silhouettes. But it, uh, you know, the other people were right, and I said it could be Tullius Games. I didn't know for sure, but I didn't think Miss was one of the silhouettes, which she was not. But it was Tellius Games, and although, you know, yeah. And if you do look at Ike and Mist, Mist is wielding her stave, staff stave, you know. <laughs> and Ike is we- wielding the same sword. Like it, that's that's got to is that that's got to be his sword when he's an adult too. It's huge. I mean, it isn't la- it labeled as Ragnar. Oh, that's right. I was just about to say it's so. not Ragnar. Still. That sword's bigger than he is. He's like Final Fantasy VII. In Not it, denying right? that, you know. <laughs> they they do love doing that stuff. Yeah, but I I uh, I love that how they captured both both Ike and Mist here. I, I think. Uh, yep. You know, having not knowing a lot about the Tellius series, but knowing of Ike and Mist just based on their appearance in this game since the beginning, uh, or or very close to the beginning. Uh, yeah. I think they they nailed it. Um, but this next hero, though, the last hero from the Tempest Trials, I I don't remember him. You claimed there were no axes oh. uh, here at all, but you were wrong. There is one here as Boyd, future great. Boyd returns in the Tempest Trials for the as the Tempest Trial unit for the banner as a green axe green axe infantry unit. He wields the large war axe, which grants attack plus three and grants attack speed plus ten to unit neutralizes units penalties 
to attack speed and units first attack deals damage equal to 15% of units attack during combat on odd number turns. Uh, grants attack speed plus 5 to unit during combat on even number turns. As a Tempest Trial unit, he comes with no new skills, but does come with Shove, Fire Boost, and Infantry Pulse. Mm. So, yeah, I don't remember Boyd deeply, but I do recall that we did get a version of him already. Pretty yeah. sure we did. Yeah, I I think I remember him. Yeah, it... Uh, you're right. If we do have an axe hero, on, uh, I, I apologize. Um, again, once again, my... I got a hold of my, I got ahead of myself there. Um, but yeah, the Boyd as the, as the Tempest Trials unit. Um, I do recall him previously in the game. Although, you know what? No, I don't think we do not. because when I was looking for him, he wasn't yep, in there. I'm, I'm looking at Game Press and he's not in there at all. So. Nope. This is our first uh, appearance of Boyd in the game while all the other heroes are um, repeats. So there you go. Uh, a special, an alt hero only he joins the alt hero only club there are still new heroes left i guess oh well we already know a couple that are still waiting to come in because vike's still not in there i do believe muriel finally got in but uh kellum still isn't in there and we've already got them in uh awakening so mm-hmm. well you know what are you ready to jump into the Elrond gate because we got more awakening to talk about certainly Alrighty then. Well, let's head into the Outrealm Gate because, as I said, more Fire Emblem Awakening awaits as we talk about the next four chapters. This includes two paralogues. Um, we did not put it in the Discord. I, I made a last-minute call today. I was like, I, I got another 30 minutes. And then uh, almost proceeded to, 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 to fail miserably on that second paralogue. It was, it was a little tougher, but... Um, we, we, uh, kick things off with the first paralogue in the game, which is Sickle to Sword, this is paralogue one, uh, also known as the Donal paralogue. Crom and co are stopped by a young kid named Donal with reports of a village under attack by bandits. Crom agrees to help Donal save his village with Crom asking Donal to stay behind. Donal with pot helmet in hand insists on helping out on the battlefield. The goal of the map is to route the enemy, but if you want to recruit Donald, you'll need to level him up at least once. I assume, Eddie, you were successful in leveling up Donald. Yep, I did get Donald up a level or two and took him, uh, you know, took him and leveled him up through some random maps along the way afterwards. Good. Yeah, I was able to do the same. Uh, I think I leveled him up at least twice. I had him last hit the boss, which definitely gave me a full level. Um, I, so first off, I remember my first playthrough, I basically shelved Donald right away. Cause I'm like, this guy's weak. What am I doing again? First time playing a fire emblem game in quite a while. And I think before that it was, it was literally just the GBA game. And I kind of fell off until, uh, until this one came out. So I didn't realize he was the sort of the, the glass cannon that eventually can be turned, not even a glass cannon. He was just. He was a very weak unit, but could quickly grow if given the time. Yeah, he's a unit that, I mean, oh, is, you get him earlier than some of them, like Amelia. Uh, by the time you get her in Sacred Stones, it's kind of tough to get her to the experience to level her up. You know? um, but that, that, you know, kind of 
starts off really weak, but can become really strong if you put the um, time and effort into them. However, like we mentioned last week, depending on how you play, it's he's got diminishing returns in this game, I guess you'd say. Really? Well, I've already have about, you know, 24, 25 levels into my Lissa, you know, uh, maybe even more. But, you know, the fact that when you side, uh, when you, you know, side level or side class them, uh, they go back to level one. You can pretty much max out everyone's stats in the game over time if you if you use enough second seals. Right. Yeah, I've not dabbled in the second seals, although I do see them in the shops. Uh, I haven't got to that point yet. Yep, I've uh, side-classed Lissa from um, Cleric to Troubadour, and then once uh, I got Maribel, so I had another healer around, I side-classed her to a uh, Pegasus Knight, because those are her two side-classes. Uh, so, And I did side-class uh, my... Um, uh, avatar character into a uh, I believe it was a berserker or whatever uh, skill who with high I think it's luck or skill will sometimes get bonus bullions which is just extra gold when he kills people mm-hmm. so interesting yeah, yeah I, I do need to look into that a bit and maybe maybe in our week off I'll take some time to, to take a closer look um, the only other thing I was going to mention about this paralogue uh, is as I'm listening. So again, the 3DS games they kept the sort of chips of voice lines. Like they didn't voice the whole thing. It was just the what? Oh, you great. You know, like little intros. There, there would be some lines that got most of it voiced, but yeah, yeah. Um, and Donald is voiced by Sam Regal, who most folks probably know from Critical Role. Obviously, he's done a bunch of VO work, and I just happen to be trying to finish up Vox Machina. He was also Phoenix Wright in some of the Phoenix Wright games. So, Oh, is he? Oh, I didn't know that. Interesting. Yeah, so he voices Donald. Uh, it was a nice surprise. I know Critical Role's heavily in- involved with Fire Emblem, are they not? Is Well, you know, you got uh, Matt Mercer there in here already. You got um, now Sam Regal now popping up. I'm certain there's probably a couple more in here, but Matt Mercer voices Crom. Uh, I think Marisha Ray might voice someone in here, but I know she definitely voices Makoto in Conquest. I can't remember if she voices anyone in this one. But you got a few of them in there. So what what uh, what do we got next for our next full chapter? Um, yes, before Maribel does join the team, and I do all that side-leveling with Alyssa, uh, uh, we did have Chapter 4, Two Falchions. The group reaches the capital of Regnafrox and meets Flavia, the East Khan of the country. And while she wants to help Elise, she does not have the power to do so because currently the West Khan, Basilio, has the final say having won control of the country last time they had a uh, arena battle to decide who would be in charge overall, uh, which they do fairly regularly. I can't remember if it's a yearly or every couple years they do it, but uh, Basilio won last time, and however... It turns out the next duel is scheduled to start shortly, and if Crom and company will represent Flavia and end up in win the battle, she will pledge uh, the assistance of Ragnarok to Elise. Uh, they agree to do so, and they find that Basilio has uh, found in 
chosen the mysterious sword wielder going by the name Marth that they've bumped into a couple times to represent him. Uh, in a cutscene, we get to see uh, Krom and Marth face off, and Krom finds the fighting style of Marth very curious, asking who taught uh, Marth, and Marth responds, their father taught them. After the battle, Marth again vanishes on them, and Krom and company get their alliance with Ragnarok. We oui. yeah. Uh, this was a a fun chapter because we got a an epic cutscene, um, as you said, showing Marth and Krom's uh, similar combat techniques. You get the classic jump up in the air, do a bunch of barrel rolls or f- front rolls, I guess, uh, and and dive towards the enemy. You get. You get one from Krom and then one from... I do believe that is the ether skill that Ike uses. Yeah, ether. Uh, I should know that from Smash Brothers, because every time he does it, he screams ether, and uh, and then he does it. Um, so I, again, I love these cutscenes that they keep you know sprinkling in. It worked really well for, for this chapter to kind of introduce the Krom versus Marth. I mean, Marth is not surprised at the end, as he said, that uh, Krom is able to defeat Marth. But it's one of those things where it was a it was a nice chapter. We're obviously still into the like the early chapters uh, very quick. I think they're like 15 to 20 minutes each if you kind of barreling through them. But um, yeah, I, I, I dig where this is going. I'm getting excited for the further chapters as we go. Yes, it's a fun chapter. Um, you know, it's... It's an interesting chapter that shows, you know, lack of foresight, if that makes sense. <laughs> I mean... Because, you know, Krom just is like, oh, you're, you'll are you promise to help us? Sure, I'll help you out without talking to Basilio at all. And asking, hey, will you help us? Yeah, like talking to you both uh, of the bosses? Both of the leaders of the country, you know? Maybe both are in agreement and both are willing to help, you know? Yeah, but, he just overthrows half the kingdom. Yeah, that makes sense. It's not really an overthrow, but yeah, more or less. Yeah, exactly. Um, so. The next chapter we have is the Exalt and the King, Chapter 5. The Plegians are holding Maribel as prisoner after accusing her of starting a conflict of Plegian soil. Emerin confronts King Gangrel of Plegia, who demands the Fire Emblem, an item vital to the world's future. The parlay ends with a declaration of war. When the battle begins, we have control of Maribel. She's on our team by default, as well as Rickon, who snuck onto the field to assist in saving Maribel. We're also introduced to battle reinforcements from forts on this map. And wrapping up the chapter, we may have won the battle, but a war with Plegia has begun. Thus leading us into the conflict of the whole game, or part of it, I suppose. Uh... I remember snippets of the story, but... Speaking of new characters, forgot to mention that at the end of the uh, last chapter, uh, Basilio uh, gives Long Ku a trusted swordsman of his to Krom to help in the battle. So That's true. Yes, I forgot about that. Um, he is the critical, uh, critical hit killing edge character that you get with the, with the sword there. So... Some people who have been listening for a while might remember Fire Emblem Fates Conquest. Okay. And how (laughs) the story was so bad and stupid and illogical that it drove me to quit the game. Yeah. And I see writing just as skillful as that here. 
Okay. It's clear Gangrel doesn't give a crap about the laws and the rules. He's going to start his war no matter what. So the farce of him pretending like he has any kind of justification or even cares if the other countries view him as having justification of starting the war is so illogical. Not to mention his actual justification is that he attacks Emeryn and Krom defends her. That's a declaration of war. No, that's def- that's guarding your ruler. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's just a troll, and trolls are going to troll, right? I guess, but it's just so, you know, he doesn't give a crap. Clearly, he doesn't give a crap. He's going to start a war no matter what. And, I mean, I don't foresee any country. I mean, and as far as we know, there's only the three countries on this area, in this area. I don't foresee any country agreeing with him that he was justified in starting this war. Yeah. No, I I mean, this is the thing. I'm not going to defend what, you know, what I a hundred percent agree with what you're saying. Like, obviously he was, he was going to do what he was going to do, but like, this is a, Mm -hmm. this is a trope of fire emblem is there's the crazy bad guy or the, the bad guy that um, tries to, actually i think they kind of moved away from it with with later games where it's like they they just they stopped being illogical and more were just pure chaotic evil right yeah um not every character but yeah like and and the only reason that this doesn't even hint at driving me away from this game i mean it annoys me but it doesn't drive me away like conquest did is that the stupid illogical character is the, you know, mustache twirling evil bad guy. So, you know, it gets stupid behavior even for a psychotic evil, just pure chaos bad guy. Because, you know, he's acting half like he actually gives a crap, but he doesn't. And it's not your main character who's been good the whole game, accepting the stupidest, worst judgment of a clearly evil move like happened in conquest you know yeah you know the you you come by and break a stalemate that's been going on for decades and you're gonna bow down to this guy who does something that's clearly evil that was my thing in conquest but yeah no i yeah and i mean i i fell off conquest as well i think fates is probably not a game we will return to for game club um having attempted conquest uh for what it was when it came out i remember when it came out i was like oh i was so excited because we only get a fire emblem game so many so often and they're not giving us one but three fire emblem games and i remember my coast on the gamers in jossum was saying like yeah that that sounds like they're they're charging you an awful lot for three fire emblem games they're the story is really that different and i mean they may have been different enough but not enough to justify uh even I think it was half price if you bought um, a paths uh, as DLC. If I'm remembering yes. correctly, you so. buy you bought one version at regular price, and then you could buy as DLC the other two routes for twenty dollars a piece. So if you get all three routes, you're paying double the cost of the game. Yeah, which I mean, it's better than having to buy them all separately at full price each. And I felt it did have a decent amount of content, although if you really look into it, it was just the same maps backwards. 
for the first two, and the third one was a couple extra random maps thrown in. So I'm not ruling it out, but I'm not definitely not going back to Conquest. I recall Birthright not being as bad, uh, but you're also, you know, the ones who are fighting against uh, whatever his name was to begin with. So Revelations is a whole different can of worms and issues from what I've heard, and I have never finished it. But Yeah. Uh, we do have one more chapter we added on at the end there, the Secret Cellar, which is Paralogue 2. The crew finds a village under attack from bandits and rush to aid them. The Defending the village is Anna, a mysterious traveling merchant, uh, who you need to send up uh, to close the gates and uh, hopefully heal Anna before she dies or the enemy destroys it. Um, and you can have Krom talk to Anna on this map. I didn't get anyone else up to try and talk to her, but... Pretty simple map. You got a bunch of guys running up the side and Anna going over there smacking them around with extra guys trying to pick her off and she got some lucky dodges and you know, I got up got a couple guys up there since they were so focused on hers I was fo- since they were so focused on her, I was able to bring um what's her name? Sumia up there on her Pegasus and the archers just ignored her since they were so focused on Anna. Oh, really? Yep. Which helped me get some help up to her, you know? Yeah. I, uh, I, I, I was thinking, oh, I need to get, um, I need to get, uh, a character up there right away, but it really seems like the game is designed to show as though Anna is in trouble, but she, she just can't die. Like she was, I think the archers were hitting her for like one damage and the magic, user was hit she went down to one health on on my game i'm not saying that the game was like no 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 she can't die but it really felt as though either i was being very lucky or because i couldn't get my characters up there fast enough um they the the bad guys while had ample opportunity to stomp the village never went to the village so i'm almost wondering if this was like a just teaching you the mechanics of visiting villages and, and rescuing people or not rescuing but talking to characters if I recall correctly, you have to use, or the enemies have to use the axe wielders to attack villages. And Anna was successfully smacking them down every every time. Whoever was the closest, Anna was able to go in and smack down. Which is why she was ignoring the archers as they picked at her. Because she was focusing on keeping the bandits who would destroy the village from getting to the village. Um, and yeah, she got some lucky dodges and stuff, so she wasn't extremely low but she went down a good chunk uh before i could get someone up to heal her she um i killed everyone else who was up there because i got enough characters up there or up close enough and killed them off so she stepped to the side and used the vulnerary Mm -hmm. healed herself up so yeah that's true she does she does heal up um but yeah, I was able to get to the village. Uh, I got the rewards for talking to uh, Anna as well as visiting the village. And um, yeah, concluded that paralogue uh, pretty quickly after that. So, and I think that's it. That's our that's our chapters for this week. But Eddie, where are we heading to next? Uh, the current plan is to go up to chapter 10. So that would be chapters 6, 7, 8, and 9. And looking at the list of uh, stuff in the on the wiki, it looks like we will probably have two paralogs as well during that time. 
Okay. Uh, one that'll pop up after chapter nine and one that I couldn't find exactly when it's scheduled slated to pop up. But, um, you know, it does a uh, parallel called Strangled Peace. It doesn't say exactly where it pops up, but uh, it's bef- it's listed as Paralog 3. So theoretically, it should pop up before the one that'll start pop up after Chapter 9. So, All right. We'll look forward to that. Uh, we'll return in just a couple weeks with a good chunk of Awakening content as we barrel towards the halfway point of the game. I, know, I think there are like 24 chapters, so... Um, we're likely to slow down a little bit once we get into the later chapters as things get more complex and there's more story to discuss. So uh, keep that in mind. But that is going to do it for this episode of uh, Summoner's Call. I almost said Fire Emblem Heroes. This is Summoner's Call about Fire Emblem Heroes. You can visit us on the web at gamersinpodcast.com slash fay. Email the show fay at gamersinpodcast.com. Check out the Fire Emblem channel and the Gamers in Discord at bit.ly slash TGI Discord. Follow us on Twitter. You can find me at R. Murphy, Eddie at Dralfear, and don't forget to follow at the Gamers in for show updates. Be sure to check out serenesforce.net or go to resource for Fire Emblem news and information. It's going to do it for this episode of Summoner's Call. Have a great week and happy summoning.